0: Hey, Sylvia. Uh, So it is January 30th, 2021. We should probably note the year since uh, hopefully we'll be doing this for a few of them, right? Um, (laughs) Thank you for your last uh, letter. And I was just thinking, um, after listening to your letter again, the kind of, um, actually, when you were talking about exercising, it made me think how doing these letters is a little bit like going for a run for me kind of psychologically in that um, it takes me a while still to get started it's like okay i need to do this and i want to do this and it seems a bit daunting at first and then once i get started it's fine and once i'm done i'm so glad i did it but it's kind of i don't know why like pushing the start button is is remains a bit intimidating um, but ultimately wonderful uh to be doing this, so yeah, um, <laughs> you mentioned the weather in Austin, and it was it was it sounded very windy um, <laughs> it 's funny here here it 's very windy as well, in fact, the kind of my the left side of my body or at least from my neck, down my arm and my shoulders are kind of uh, in bad shape, I think, because of the wind being out with Tila and being exposed to it. Uh, That or I'm just getting old, I'm not sure. But uh, it could be a combination of the two. Who knows? But uh, (laughs) I do know that uh, the eye doctor I went to the week before last to finally get reading glasses did remind me several times that the reason I had to get reading glasses is because I'm now you know over 40 <laughs> it was funny because i brought it up like a few times i was kind of like why wow, you know and it's funny how these numbers change and you know why is that and she would just say very bluntly you're over 40 and i'd say oh yeah okay okay and then it would come up again it was pretty funny um and i uh i actually then recommended, but I, I I loved this eye doctor. And the reason I loved the eye doctor was actually because she asked me no questions, no personal questions, which is quite rare for me here. And uh, listening to your letter, this also brought this question up for me because there's quite a bit about, you know, um, <laughs> even if it's self-imposed, it's, uh, you know, these forms of exile and displacement and what it means to live in a country that's not where you grew up or live in a place that's not where you grew up. Um, but, and, and you know, in our cases to be quite far removed from where we grew up. So here, it's, it's, I often, I get these questions and I have to tell my story over and over and I get so tired of it. And, you know, the people asking the questions are not to blame. I mean, it is, I guess, you know, kind of rare to... To encounter someone who's, you know, or an an American in particular who's been here over twenty years, so you know they want to they want to know about how I came here, came to be here, and what I do, and where how I learned Turkish and all of this, and and it's just exhausting to share all of this so much and so often, I should say. So it was so refreshing that this woman just had zero questions for me. <laughs> And uh I'd actually the last eye doctor I went to was fine, but he just asked so many questions and kept trying to speak English with me even when we were speaking Turkish anyways. Um it was uh yeah, I don't know if you get these kind of exhausting life history questions or not. But uh yeah, I I I I do um over here quite frequently. So but I'd be interested to hear if you if if you have this as well um another thing that you, the, the co- commenting on the weather weather reminded me of is uh well i i you know i sometimes wonder about these letters and what what they'll mean to us or what they'll mean to anyone who's listening to them and 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 sometimes especially what about what seemed to be, you know, rather mundane details, it reminded me of these uh, diaries, which I don't think I've mentioned. I'm always thinking that uh, <laughs> I've talked about everything before, but I don't. I don't recall. It's amazing how memory works, right? I can go back and listen to an earlier letter, and I'm like, shit, wow, I did. I was feeling and thinking that just a couple months ago. But uh, anyways. There's, uh, I had had a, a great aunt, so my father's father's sister, who lived across the street from us in the village in Tarleton, where I lived with my grandma and my dad for a few years as a kid, and, well, where my grandma always lived, so I was going there, uh, you know, until we had to leave when uh, I turned uh 12, no, I guess it was before I turned 13, anyways, uh, my aunt Ella May lived across the street from us and she was an avid reader and so but there came a point where she, you know she couldn't really go into town to the library so I would get her her books for her and take them over and we'd sit and chat and I knew she kept diaries and she also wrote down the titles of every book she ever read and when she passed away I don't know how I ended up with her diaries but I did and then I eventually gave them to one of her kids, but um, it was kind of rather reluctantly because they didn't seem to uh, see the great value in these. They thought they were kind of silly. I mean, I can't speak for all like the whole family. I don't know, but that was my impression. Um, But the, the thing about them is they're really not, they weren't diaries so much as just her notes on what happened on you know, what she did that day. So it was usually just very brief. So, you know, wash the dishes, you know, wash the kids, (laughs) hung the laundry, but then they'd be interspersed with notes like, um, heard Michael died in Vietnam or, you know, um, Lucia, that's my grandmother. Lucia got her false teeth and, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, it, it, they're really i think they're absolutely fascinating to to read and also to kind of pour over all these mundane details and then find these kind of actually life-altering events that happen in between and she notes them in the exact same way so yeah anyways so even the most mundane details um when looked back upon can be pretty fascinating was my thought um So I guess we're about to close our disobedience chapter, sadly, I could, you know, probably go on and on about it forever, but no, it was funny when you said that you were, you were, I don't remember what word you used, but, uh, you know, kind of afraid, no, I I think you said afraid, but anyways, something about, you know, my rebuttal, and that also made me think that it's interesting, because I don't think of myself as a, as a, I don't know, like a, fiercely opinionated person but I found over the past year or two that more and more people friends of mine will write to me and say that they're kind of afraid to know what I think about this or that because I guess when I don't like something I really I guess I'm quite blunt about it I don't know um but you know I don't think these things should be taken personally and I don't take it personally, I think, when people you know, have different interpretations or different takes on things that I like. So anyways, um, yeah, so I'm glad that you've now seen Ammonite and we can continue our uh, <laughs> lesbian film uh, chronicles here. And yeah, I'm really interested to hear how Ammonite defied your expectations um, I, I think it it's interesting to to hear that we're we both share this uh reaction to Dovit and disobedience and how we were pleasantly surprised by his reactions to things. But also the fact that we're pleasantly surprised, as you said, I mean it meant that we actually expected him to act in a very different way. Um as for Ammonite I can't say I mean it may also be that I'd been looking forward to this movie for so long and I had read a bit about it that I kind of well I mean I knew in, in general where it would be going um and so I I wasn't I can't say it was it defied my expectations so much um in terms of I don't know, my overall take on it is I really liked it. I mean, I watched it twice. You know, I thought the shots were wonderful. I I I was really into the characters, actually. I completely identified with Mary Anning in this film, this kind of this stoicism and this kind of, I don't know, this grimy woman that she was and uh, her obsession with, uh, you know, with these fossils, which I somehow relate to all of that in my mind um i think I, I mean i know there's been a lot of dis- discussion and debate in sapphic circles and i think people are really divided i mean and there's some you know like auto straddle hardly gave it the time of day you know this this website that i follow quite religiously they they didn't care for it and they um what i found interesting was there I, more than once i read where people were somehow offended that Kate Winslet or found it offensive I should say that Kate Winslet rescheduled the the second sex scene so that it would coincide with Saoirse Ronan's birthday so it was like this birthday present as if she were you know making light I guess of this this love scene and uh I don't know I thought it was quite sweet and uh, I didn't find it offensive at all but yeah um And also people seem very divided about the sex scenes in this one, which I thought were quite fine. Um, I think we're very, I mean, you know, I think all sex scenes in movies require a a heavy dose of suspension of disbelief because nobody comes that quickly. (laughs) Things never happen that fast. Um, It's it's all, you know, that, that part is especially is a lot of fantasy involved um so yeah um in in that respect there's a lot of porn that's more realistic than what we're seeing in these movies actually but yeah i think i think more than questioning how believable the love story is is how well-wrought it is as a fantasy and i think it's very well-wrought um i was i was totally into it At the same time, I did uh, question a bit if I would be that convinced if this were a heterosexual couple because I'm completely prejudiced. (laughs) Um, Or I'm just much more... I don't know. I think I'm much more frustrated in different ways by hetero storylines than I am by um, LGBT ones. Uh, So... Yeah, I'm definitely I was definitely going into this movie. I was definitely prejudiced in a very positive way in favor of the film as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I really I I really liked it. I like the I like the slowness and the, you know, the it kind of plods along, but I guess I like things that plod along. This is something else I I was thinking about when I read um Luster by Raven Lilani, and it's—I don't know if you've read it yet, but I've just finished reading it, and I'm going to talk about it with a couple of friends. But it's—I think—brilliantly written, and it—you know—just speeds right along. It's—it's almost—you—I almost run out of breath just reading it silently, if that makes any sense. But it's so quick, 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 quick. And uh so I won't I don't know if you've read it so I won't go into great detail about what I think about it otherwise. I do think it's, you know, um it it's it seems very much, you know, a book written by uh a person of of you know the the author's generation, which makes me think, you know, why are people going on and on about a certain other author who's supposedly the <laughs> voice of that generation when there's someone like uh you know th- this author who's much Uh, well anyways has a much better way with words at least let's say but i was thinking how it really it exhausted me in this way and i think i don't know i think i just like slow stuff and then i thought maybe it's just is, is it a generational thing is it because i'm i don't know i'm but i'm not gonna say because i'm older Because i've always liked things slow i think and uh Now I'm totally getting off course of my notes. I actually, of course, you know, I make these notes. But anyways, it doesn't matter. I'll just go with the flow here. This uh, (laughs) made me also, this then links into how I've been watching, uh, I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer again after many, many years. But I think, you know, I'm a fan and uh rewatching the episodes i see how much i identify with rupert giles i don't know if you have you watched buffy have we talked about this but you know the the watcher so the the old the old guy in the series um who is the librarian and is really i'd forgotten just how suspicious he was of computers and how he, <laughs> he kind of hated them um but yeah, and the, I, I see him, and then I see myself, kind of completely running away from social media, and just, I don't know, having this kind of disdain for the 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 speed of our times, and uh, just really wanting to be Giles, and you know, in the midst of all these smelly books and deciphering Sumerian and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's that's. That's me. So that's bringing it back to ammonite. Is, is Is it could also be a bit of a generational thing because a lot of the negative reviews and feedback I've heard are from, are from younger people. Uh, at the same time, you know, I don't know. Some people thought it was too similar to, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I think it's quite coincidental that you know they came out about the same time. There's also frustration with, you know, period, very 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 white period pieces with these, you know, kind of pale white women. And uh, I understand that. That's, you know, certainly, you know, we've talked disobedience is a lot of that. It's not a period piece, but still this is that. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we should also take a break and watch Pariah. I was thinking um, if we want to continue the, the sapphic lesbian or the, sorry, the sapphic film discourse. Um. Or, or I don't know if you've watched a great series. Anyways, that's uh, yeah. So you'll have to tell me what you think of Ammonite. We can talk about it a little bit more. That would be great. Um, the I, I it was very interesting what you had to say about um, well, and how you linked this idea of of uh, you know, Ronit also when I said that I didn't believe her when she said she was happy uh that that uh you know talking about this idea of of there being there you know that the religious and the secular are both necessary in a way that you can't condemn one or the other uh that, that 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 that's also kind of true of of whether or not people have children um and i think i do think that's interesting that's you know i i think people who don't have kids get the question you know do you regret not having kids um that's a completely politically correct question to ask whereas you can it's it's quite i think impolite to ask people who have children if they regret having children because of course they're not supposed to um and i'm sure for the most part they probably don't um but you know i, I don't know it's i think these, these are interesting things to you know talk about amongst ourselves um, but I don't understand how anyone can be judgmental about it. You know, I it's interesting because it seems like both sides accuse each other of being selfish or irresponsible for having kids or not having kids. Um, but yeah, I think it what it really comes down to is this all it just the impossibility of living out all of our scenarios. Um, and obviously, children play a major, major role in in someone's life. If they have them, and if they don't, the idea that they could have, also always kind of looms there. And yeah, it's it's one of those things, right? Um, so, you know, I've I think about it. I've, of course, I've thought about it for myself, um, and. I won't say that I regret never having children, but I do uh sometimes wonder how my life would be different if I did, if that makes sense. And speaking of 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 uh, childbearing, <laughs> I was thinking also about this uh swimming. And this this phobia, sort of phobia, semi-phobia that we apparently both have about swimming. And uh, this week it was kind of, I was turning it around in my head uh, about what kind of a Freudian take there might be on this. Um, and, you know, this idea of, you know, the womb being in this fluid, um, which is, you know, in a sense where we are supposed to feel most at home, you know, most at, at ease and, and comfortable. And, you know, it's, it's when we're ripped from the womb that, that, uh, that, that, uh, maybe we're not ripped from the womb, but, you know, when we're, well, we are ejected from the womb essentially, uh, that facing the world outside is this huge, you know, traumatic experience. But I was just wondering about, I mean, my in- complete inability to trust water <laughs> and to see it, you know, always as more foe than friend, uh, what, what that means in terms of trust issues in general, and maybe how I approach everything. I mean, I don't think I see everything in the world more as a foe than a friend, but... uh I don't know it may it may mean something there may be something underlying there that could be interesting to explore, and also what it might what what this would mean you know psycho- psychologically in terms of one's relationship with with the mother, so just put that out there for the moment could be something interesting to explore um, yeah, and I'm really glad to hear that you are continuing with your creative endeavors. I actually happened to listen to um, Rolo May's, you know, the courage to create again, over these past couple of weeks um, as an audio book, and yeah, I I really love that book, and I also, I also think it's just so important that we all, yeah, we all create stuff. I mean, I can't, I don't know. I find the more the more that I try to create things, the the calmer I am in a way too. I think it's also you know a way for us to uh kind of it's a way for us to rid ourselves of other what would otherwise be pent up and possi- possibly negative energy right in the same way that uh exercises um as well uh so yeah and yeah glad you're 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 getting back into uh, into um um Oh god. <laughs> Sorry to uh oh god. Well, Joseph Goldstein. <laughs> I'm so far removed um from meditation that I can't remember the word. So, yeah that's uh it's interesting because i also tried 10 Percent happier at one point and it's joseph goldstein who leads actually all of the initial meditation so i am a bit familiar with him and he definitely has a very calming and soothing voice and uh seems like a very cool guy so i can completely understand why you'd want to want to kind of follow him um, the meditation thing. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, yeah, I I tried last year and I couldn't really get into it. And then I've tried kind of doing things that would approximate meditation for me at least. So listening to, you know, classical music rather than um, podcasts all the time, for example, or or in some cases, especially listening listening to nothing, um, and just becoming more comfortable with that. So. One of these days, I should get back in. I should try meditation again. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I'm not putting any pressure on myself. When I feel like it, I'll do it. I guess. Um, <laughs> as, as as per my resolutions, right. But yeah, I'm really sorry. I still haven't. Li- I still haven't watched Sound of Metal, which I really want want to watch, um, and discuss with you eventually. Like I said, I've I've been revisiting Buffy just because I I find it just very consoling in the evenings there's this kind of relaxing nostalgia about it even in but there are even points where I I get kind of teary-eyed at some of the lines I don't know I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it so I'm gonna stick with that for a while um but the only other thing I think I've watched in the meantime is Search Party so the three seasons the fourth season's out but we don't have it here yet so I'm still waiting for that but uh I'm also kind of in enjoying a slight obsession with Alia Shawkat these days. So, I don't know if you know her, if you keep up with her at all, but uh she's she's quite interesting, I think, and doing and has done some some interesting work. So, yeah. Um I I'll get back. I'm I'm going to keep the cliffhanger about Swedish and just admit that I've kind of fallen off the wagon and also with the classical music for the past couple of weeks because I've been just, uh, well, just really busy and then also um, having trying to catch up on some translation work. So I kind of want to get that out of the way and so I'm not anxious about that. And then I can focus my attention on on these other things I, I want to do. Um, so I will get back to it and I'll have more to tell you next time. But yeah, and I'm really... I I don't know what the word is exactly but the you talking about you know clearing out your childhood home um of course really you know touches a nerve for me too I I can I feel like I can empathize or I definitely can to a certain degree at least and um yeah and to have to do that from afar is uh yeah, that must be tough, actually, and then all of a sudden, you're, like, bombarded with all these memories, because you have to go through all this stuff kind of at once, right, and, um, and, yeah, I can imagine that that's, that is, that is tough, so, um, yeah, well, I'd I'd like to know how you're feeling about that now, in the intervening weeks, and, um, you know, what, what, uh, what you've been left with from that and yeah, how you feel about it. If you want to talk about it, that's up to you. I, uh, you know, I, I I know I've mentioned before also in these letters that I brought over all this furniture that was in my grandma's house and these, you know, suitcases of, of old everything. I mean, actually old report cards from great, Great uncles and stuff even are in there, and just lots of photos and whatnot and uh yeah, I think, and I think i might I might mention this as well, but going back to the whole you know idea of having children it's like the, the like the main reason i've ever i've ever thought I would regret having ch- not having children is that I don't have anyone to pass this stuff on to that I'm the last person to whom it means anything um I do have a cousin. On my dad's side, who has a daughter, so she's like the end of the line, and uh, you know she didn't know any of these people either. She hardly knows me, so, um, you know it won't it won't really have much meaning for her, even if you know I leave it to her. Who who knows you know <laughs> where it ends up in the world, but that's uh yeah that's it's, it's it's sad in a way. It's also then I keep in mind it's just stuff, but you know. We imbue stuff with a lot of meaning, so it's more than just stuff, really, at the end of the day. Um, Anyway, I should probably wrap this up. It is going on 9 p.m. here, and uh, I've been calling it early nights and waking up early. It's really nice, actually, so I hope I keep up this, uh, this, uh, this schedule. Right, okay, well, Sylvia... Take good care, and uh, send me a letter as soon as you can, and I will reciprocate and uh, try to be more punctual and remind myself of the great joy I derive from this and how (laughs) it goes so smoothly once I get started. I just need to push the button, right? Okay, all right. Miss you. Take good care. Bye.